I want you to turn in your Bibles tonight to the book of Proverbs. I want you to turn to chapter 25. The Word of God in the book of Proverbs gives us many pictures of people we have tried to describe some of them for you as we have studied together. Last week we studied the diligent man, but tonight I want to look at a principle. Not only does it have pictures in it, but it has principles that we can grab a hold of, live by, and be blessed. One thing I want you to clearly understand about your Bible, especially in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs are not necessarily promises that you'll find. Sometimes they are simply principles. Now, the difference between a principle and a commandment, for example, when you violate a commandment, you are transgressing the law of God and you are sinning against the Lord. But when you find a principle that is taught in the Scriptures, to violate a principle, you are robbing yourself of certain benefits and certain blessings. And you're removing some of the hard ways of life if you would just listen to God. And if you would obey His principles, it would save you a whole lot of trouble and a whole lot of issues. doesn't mean that you've sinned against God, though. It just means that you are not walking wisely and you're not doing what is in your best interest or anybody else's best interest. So when we start talking about principles, uh, it would be best if you would grab a hold of them and apply them, grab the benefits from it and the blessings from it to save yourself from heartache, probably some harm, maybe even some loss. So let's look at these passages. Look at with me in chapter 25. I'll give you a, an example of this. Let's talk about, for just a moment, as an illustration, the principle of moderation. The principle of moderation. Chapter 25, verse 16 and 17. The Bible says, Has thou found honey? Eat so much as is sufficient for thee, lest thou be filled therewith, and vomit it. And then notice in verse 17, Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee, and so hate thee. So there are two areas here that the Bible teaches about concerning moderation. Now when you talk about moderation, I think it's the book of Philippians chapter 4 that says, Let your moderation be made known unto all men, for the Lord is at hand. And so when you think about moderation, what that literally means is don't let a good thing turn into a bad thing in your life concerning food. Food is good. Too much food is not good. Okay, I know some of us don't believe that, but it really is true. But he uses the illustration of honey. And in the book of Proverbs, it teaches that honey is good for us. But it also teaches us that we need to eat enough honey that is sufficient for us. And if we eat too much honey, he said you're going to get sick of it and it's going to make you vomit. And sometimes you can overdo something that's really good in life. Not just food, 
But even food. I mean, have you ever just pigged out on something until it made you sick, then you didn't have a craving for it for a long time because, man, it just left a... started out with a good taste, left a bad taste in your mouth. And that was from a lack of, of moderation in your life. But look over, for example, look over in chapter 23, for example. Look what he says over there in verse number 1. He said, When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee, and put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. If you're a man given to appetite, that's pretty. That's a pretty uh, severe measure, isn't it? I mean, every time you get hungry, you pull your pocket knife out and say, "Hey, buddy, don't take another bite, or I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt you." <laughs> Talking to yourself, but the, the Bible is teaching you that you need to have some moderation. Listen, there's a lot of things that sometimes uh, Baptists have made taboo, but really, they just don't teach and preach moderation. And if you would be moderate in the areas of your life, you could enjoy a lot of things that God has given to mankind. You really could, if you just won't abuse it. But here's what I want to teach about tonight. Not about food, and I'm glad you're probably glad. But look in chapter 25 and look in verse 17. What I want to talk about tonight, again now, we're talking about don't let a good thing turn into a bad thing. Too much of a good, even a healthy thing can make one sick and even become repulsive. Paul said that he, that he, all things were lawful for him, but not all things were expedient. And he said, I will not be brought under the power of any. You should not be hooked on anything. Right. You should not be addicted to anything. That's what he's referring to. Don't be addicted to anything. Don't abuse anything that God has put into your life. But what I want to deal with tonight in chapter 25 is more serious than some of those elements. But I want you to look in verse 17. I want to talk about your relationships with people. I want to talk about how to maintain friendships and long-term relationships. And it's based on the principle of moderation. And I'll show you and I'll prove it to you here in a moment. And if you are having difficulty establishing and maintaining relationships and friendships that are long-term, probably you're violating some of these principles in your life and you need to learn how to be wise and how to establish them and how to maintain them because good relationships with people require some prudence on our part and some maintenance on our part, and some discipline, and some restraint, and some respect. So, notice in verse 17, he said, Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee, and so hate thee. So what is this man doing? Lingering. Lingering? What's he doing? I'm sorry? Overextending his welcome. He's he's coming over too much, too often, and too long. Right? Okay? So, he's ruining something that he has that's good. But because of his lack of moderation, because of his... He's violating a principle. He's ruining something that he could... uh, That he's going to regret down the road. So... I want to help you tonight. You say, well, I don't have any problems with this. Well, 
pray for me and pray for those next to you. Maybe they do, all right? But I want you to notice something here that uh, we need to study about this. Verse number 17, Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee, and so hate thee. Now, I don't want to make anybody sick of me. I don't want them to say, oh, no, here he comes again. Amen? I mean, really, I don't. And so we've got to be careful about this. Someone said, I think it was Charles Bridges. Here's what he said. Listen carefully. He said that friendships require a measure of prudent restraint. He said this, unseasonable interruptions to our friend's time, frequent visits without call or purpose, Interference with his necessary engagements or family comforts will produce weariness, possible disgust, or even hatred. The most elevated pleasures of earth, when in excess, become distasteful, nauseating, and even disappointing. Now, the violation of this principle means that your friends will begin to resent you and take you for granted. And your friend's family will begin to resent you and be jealous of you because you are taking up some of their time. And they say, oh, no, man, he's over there again. And, and even though your friend may feel like you are part of the family, his family doesn't necessarily think that you're part of the family. Okay? So, also, this is where I see a real problem sometimes. And, and I've seen this happen in this church. I've seen it happen in other churches that I've pastored, and I've seen it happen with other pastors in their churches. Sometimes when a family joins a church, they usually will gravitate to someone, or someone gravitates to them, which is a good thing, as long as it's in moderation. And But what happens sometimes is, is that they begin to spend too much time together. And they begin to know too much about each other. And then, and you can't, every time you see one, you see the other. Okay? Now, that's going to lead to some issues, and that's going to lead to some problems. I've seen it happen, and I've seen it break apart. And then, and they don't even have anything to do with each other now. I mean, I'm thinking of a couple of ladies right now who were like, like fleas, that's a bad way to say that, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. Just, but I mean, but 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 they they damaged something that was good, and they did not spread out their relationships with other people in their lives. So, here's what happens: is that when you hang around somebody too much. Your expectations of being invited to everything they do becomes unrealistic. And then you get your feelings hurt because they didn't include you. They didn't invite you. And so you crossed over a line thinking that they we're buds, we're best friends. And you're always in their business and you think, hey, if they're doing something, I'm supposed to know about it. And I'm supposed to be involved in it. Well, that's too much. Yeah. You understand? That's too much. Right. Everybody needs a little space. Everybody needs a little privacy right. in these areas. But your expectations 
of uh, invitation becomes realistic because you're not included in everything that they do. So you say, well, how come I wouldn't ask? Well, why would you? Why should I invite you to everything that I do? Well, you must be mad at me. No, I'm not mad at you, but I am getting a little nauseated. Uh. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's what the Bible says. That's the term the Bible uses. Amen. But also, your, your expectations, not only of invitations, but of information, becomes unrealistic. Because you hang around somebody, we're friends and we're buds. If you know something, you're supposed to tell me. Man, we hang out all the time together. If you know something, tell me. Tell me the latest gossip. Tell me the latest stories. Tell me the latest thing that's going on. I want to know, how come you didn't tell me? You see, this is what happens and it's what hurts friendships and long-term relationships. Because that person is beginning to think that they can't breathe and move or do anything without you being right up in their grill and right up in their business. And you damage it. And you become almost like you're courting. It's the truth. I've seen, I've seen folks, man, they spend so much time together that it looks like they're courting and the other one gets mad and then they break up. And then they don't have anything to do with each other. So your, your expectations of invitations, you know, you should, your friendship is in good shape if you give that person liberty to invite whoever he wants, when he wants, and it's none of your business if you're not included. Right. And you don't have to take it as an insult every time that you're not included. And then what if he invites you over, but he doesn't invite them over? You like that, don't you? You see what I'm saying? You, you've got to give some people some liberty right. and some grace on this and not overdo this. But your expectations of information, your expectations of invitations, and look in chapter 10, verse number 19. Here's something else that happens. When you do not, when you visit too much, you text too much, you call too much, you spend too much time together. Has your husband ever said, I think you spend too much time with her? Has your wife said, I think you spend too much time over at his house? Then maybe you should kind of put the brakes on just a little bit. Okay, look in chapter number 10. Look in verse number 19. Your conversations, if you hang around each other too much, your conversations are going to last too long and they're going to be too frequent. And that means eventually there's going to be something said that shouldn't be said. Verse 19 says, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin. And that means that there's no lack of it. It will be there. But he that refraineth his lips is wise. You don't have to tell everybody everything that you know, and even including your best bud. You don't have to tell them everything that you know. Okay, so I'm just trying to help you with some moderation here. And uh, notice in chapter 27 and verse number 14 with me, please. Talking about the principle of moderation in the area of relationships and friendships. Because, you know, you're going to irritate. If you've got a friend, don't think for a moment that there are some things about you that irritate them. 
You say, oh, me? No way, man. I'm a lovely guy. I'm a, I mean, everybody loves me. But there are things about each one of us that irritate people. Now, now listen, love covers a multitude of faults. And love covers a multitude of issues and sins. But you don't want to just keep putting that, and if you visit somebody too much, that irritation is going to be right up in their face. It's going to be too much for them. So now look what it says here. Look with me in chapter 27. What was the verse I gave you? 14. The Bible says, He that blesseth his friend. Notice it's his friend. He that blesseth his friend with a loud voice rising early in the morning, it shall be counted a curse to him. <laughs> so this guy, you know, you invite your friend over, maybe y'all camping out. You know, y'all, and if you camp out, you don't get much sleep at night. But this guy's an early bird. Not only is he an early bird, he's a loud bird. <laughs> and, and who wants that loud bird cawing and squawking the first, and a rooster first thing at daylight after you hadn't had much sleep? And he's saying, what he's basically saying is, is that, hey, I love you and I care about you, but man, you're irritating the fire out of me. I think we need some distance. And some relationships are better from afar. With a little bit of space. So, I think, again, Charles Bridges said, If a man will allow himself the leisure to become thirsty, he will never know the true pleasure of a drink. Let me say that again. Hurry to you slowly. If a man will not allow himself the leisure to become thirsty, he will never know the true pleasure of a drink. You need to be thirsty for your friendship. Glad to see your friend. Glad to see your brother. Glad to see someone. Not mad or sad, but glad to see them. So, when you are... Spending too much time with someone, your personal faults are going to become manifested. You've heard the saying that absence makes the heart grow <coughs> fonder. And that's true. That's true. It also is true at times, not always, not a law. Familiarity breeds content. Chapter 25, verse number 17. Let's let's think about this again. I gave it to you just a moment ago. Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house. This principle. Let's follow God's principles. Number one, let's withdraw ourselves. Make ourselves rare. That means make yourself rare, scarce, and be made precious. Number two, respect other people's times, time, possessions, and responsibilities. Some people actually have to work for a living. And some folks actually have to spend some time with their family. Got things to do. There should never be a conflict in this relationship. Your family should come first. But also, you need to stop inviting yourself to some things. Amen? Amen. Stop inviting yourself. Occasionally, okay. But every time you hear about somebody going on, 
Brother Kenny and I are planning a fishing trip. You hear about it? Say, hey, can I go? Yeah, you can go this time. Then you hear about us going the next week. Hey, y'all going again? Hey, what about me? And by the way, honestly, if you do go with somebody, you ought to help bear the load. If you go something, I mean, because I mean, everything that you do, everything you do costs money. Right? So you don't want to be a freeloader. Amen? I remember one time I took this young man, Brother Ed, saltwater fishing. We had a great time, didn't we? Yes, sir. We run out of bait. We were catching flounder hey, down in Galveston in one of the <laughs> down in one of the ship channels, and we run out of bait. And 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 this young man, I, I provided the boat, and Brother Ed took care of some things, and uh, he paid for the bait. And bait ain't cheap, but we run out of bait. And uh, we were we were in this area that's um, well. I think it's the best way I can tell say this. Um, it's a dead end where ships go in and they work on the ships. But it's a dead end, concrete on both sides of us, fenced uh, a fenced area up here that's under uh, guard because they got all kinds of important equipment on both sides of it. We're sitting in the water, we're fishing, we're running out of bait, and so. I like taking him fishing. You know what he said? He said, hey, I'll go get us some bait. Because if we left the hole, there were guys waiting to get right where we was fishing. Seriously. I mean, man, they were just like a, like, like a parking spot at Walmart on Black Friday. Buddy, they were ready to get up in there. So we didn't want to leave. And so he said, I'll tell you what. Call the nearest bait shop, see how much they'll charge to bring us some bait here to this shipyard. So we call and we find out, but but they can't get in the they can't get in the uh, past the fence, and so he says, "I'll tell you what, I'll get up out, I'll climb this wall, and I'll go out and I'll meet him at such and such street." <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's a friend right there. <laughs> and so and so he's getting ready to climb. There's a, there were some bars on the concrete, so he was getting ready to climb up there to go get the bait. And this guy with a white hat, you know, hard hat. He walks up there and says, uh, he says, I don't think you ought to be doing that. He said, uh, if you get up here in this area, I'm going to have to arrest you for being violating and being in our space up here. And so he had to climb back down. But I'm just saying, what what a friend. Amen. Well, I mean, ready to carry the load. But, but, but you know what? It, it left an impression on me that, hey, you know, the guy wants to pull his load, you know, when we go somewhere. And he was a blessing. You know, and, and listen, if you if you are hanging around people, quit dominating the conversation. Right. I mean, don't, I mean, there are some folks that just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Y'all know anybody like that? <laughs> so you got to have to understand that there are some people that like to be a part of the conversation, and don't just talk about yourself. So. When you are invited, do not overstay. That's a key right there. If you're invited, don't overstay. But rather stay just long enough for them to be disappointed that you're leaving. Amen? So Sister Lacey, when we got him home and he wanted to spend the night, I told him no. So he had to go back home. <laughs> All right, now look. Look with me in chapter 18, verse number 24. Chapter 18, verse number 24. 
say, well, I don't have any friends. Well, we're going to help you with that. Okay? Let's, let's work on that. And by the way, I, I, and I believe this to be true. I've heard older men say, look, you know, when you're, when you're about to pass away off, off this life, if you can name five good friends on your hand that you've had in your lifetime, you've done very well. I didn't say acquaintances. I didn't say people who you're friendly with. That's a big difference than somebody who is a friend. Okay? Big difference. All right? You say, well, I don't think I have any real close friends. Well, sometimes you have to initiate this. You have to initiate it. You have to ask yourself, am I making the effort? Look at verse 24. Some of us want people to approach us rather than us approaching them. Verse 24 says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Now, being friendly to people does not always lead to friendships. But it's a start. Amen? Because I'm not interested in being friends with everybody. But I am interested in being friendly with everybody. But I'm not interested in everybody being my friend because some people I don't want to be. I don't want to be around. I don't want to be like. I don't want them in their life. The Bible says not to even make friends with certain kind of people. Like an angry man. He says do not make friends with an angry man. Why? Because lest you learn his ways and it become a snare unto you. Meaning you're going to learn some of his habits. His influence is going to impact you. His flesh is going to impact your flesh. So... If, if, if you have somebody that you like and they may have great charisma and maybe they include you in things, sometimes folks include you on things because it looks better when they got a crowd following them. That's it. It's not that they really care about you. I hate to let you in on that. It's young folks. I'm just telling you, that's the way some folks are. So, verse 24 says that you need to show yourself friendly. Now, what a friend is not, he's not just a buddy. A friend is more than just someone to kill time with because you're bored. Sometimes folks will call you up and say, hey, would you want to do this? And they're doing that because they need you or they're bored. And not because necessarily that they you're their friend. So they're just using you. I hate to hurt your feelings about that, but that's just the truth. Yeah, that's true. A friend is not a yes person. And that means one who continually feeds the other person's ego by agreeing with everything they say and do. That's not a friend. That is not a friend. If your friend doesn't... Y'all don't have a disagreement or about something, then, then one of y'all is not necessary. <laughs> do not be a user or an abuser. And a friend won't do that. Look in chapter 14, verse number 20. A real friend is a giver more than a taker. Do you agree with that? Yes. Chapter 14, verse number 20. I need some people in my life that are not always taking from me. Yes. I'm a giver. Amen. But I, I need a few people who are not always taking. Right. Amen. Amen. Chapter 14, notice what he says here. And this is, this is, this is important. He said, the poor is hated even of his own neighbor. Why? Because he's always wanting something. He's always wanting something. But he says, the rich hath many friends. They say, yes, because he's got money. 
Well, I'm not, you know, riches are not always about money. Sometimes just because that you make what you have available and you are a giver. And you're not dependent. You're not always taking something from somebody else. You understand? So you say, well, I don't have anything to give. Listen, time is more valuable than money. You can't redo time. You can make up for lost money, but you can't time. And if somebody will give you an ear and time and kindness, that's a big deal. It's a big deal, and to be honest with you. So, a, a good friend is not an evil influence in your life. You need to get different friends if they are. Proverbs 1 talks about how that people will entice you to get involved in illegal matters, violent matters. Don't get involved with them. It would be better for you to be alone than to have bad friends. We don't have time to go there, but if you're taking notes, I want you to write down 2 Samuel 13, 3. This is where Amnon was having some bad thoughts in his life toward his half-sister. But he restrained himself, and, and he left it alone. But the Bible says that he had a friend. And that friend came over, and gave him counsel on how to get what he wanted. And that friend pushed him over the edge. He was restraining himself. But that friend pushed him over the edge and he did something and he violated this young lady's virtue. And he raped her and then he didn't want anything to do with her. But it all happened because of a he had restrained himself and that friend pushed him over the edge. And when you're tempted in any area whether it be intoxication or immorality, and you've got a friend that just kind of urges you and pushes you over that edge, you need to get away from them and find you better friends than folks like that. All right, I need to cover some ground here quickly. Look in chapter 17. Talking about now having the principle of friendship, of how not to abuse it, and how to maintain it, how to be one, how to have one. Chapter 17, verse 17. I'm going to give you some verses real fast. What a friend is. A friend is someone who loves you at all times. At all times. That means when you are in adversity and when you are in success. Verse 17. A friend loveth at all times. That means he's not going to be jealous of your success and he's going to hurt when you are in a bad situation. A friend loveth at all times in your life. He's not a fair-weather friend. You've heard that phrase, haven't you? Yes. A fair-weather friend. Okay? So, I believe it's chapter 27, verse number 10. The Bible says, Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. So, a real friend will not forsake you in adversity or in achievements or even when you aggravate them sometimes. They know that you're flesh like they are and they can overlook some of the ways that you are. If you're looking for the perfect guy to be your friend, you probably won't have any. Right. And you know what? You're never going to be perfect friend either. That's right. You're just not. Okay? But he'll love you at all times. And now let's look in chapter 27. Okay? Let's look at some verses real quick. This is critical. 
Again, it's talking about don't push away, don't ruin good relationships that God's given you by abusing it and spending too much time with those people. Try to have other people in your life. Look in chapter 27. Look in verse number 6. A real friend is somebody that's really faithful to you. You know who's a real. You know who your real friend is. It's a friend who is willing to jeopardize your relationship to tell you the truth. Yes, sir. Now that's a real friend who loves you, who doesn't want to lose your friendship. And a lot of people are so self-loving, they'll say, "Well, I wanted to tell you, but I was afraid that you wouldn't like me anymore." And you wouldn't have anything to do with me anymore if I was honest with you about this. So what you're telling me is that you loved you more than you loved me and you call me your friend. So a real friend is willing to risk that relationship in order to tell you the truth. Yes. Verse 20, 27, verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Wow. Look in verse 9. It says, ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. So, he's honest with me in verse number 6, and verse 9, he encourages me. He listens to my problems, my dreams, my possibilities. You know, you don't share just anything with anybody, do you? About what you're thinking about, what you want to do. What you plan to do, it's hard to open up your heart to just anybody. Do you agree with that? If you got somebody that you can and trust, and they'll encourage you, man, that's a blessing. Did you know that God had one man in the Bible that He referred to as His friend? Who was it? Anybody remember? He says He was three times in the Bible. It refers to this man as the friend of God. Abraham, Abraham. And did you know that when God was fixing to go down to Sodom and Gomorrah and send those angels down there to look it over, he talked with them and said, hey, listen, why don't we tell him our plan? Why don't we share our secret with him and tell him what we're up to? Seeing that he is this and this and this. So God is very selective with his friends, but when he did have a friend, he said, I'm going to tell you what my plans are. I'm going to share some secrets with you. If you can share some of your secrets with somebody, you've got a real friend. Amen. And by the way, if they do share some of those things with you, hold on to them. Yeah. Don't, don't blab it. I mean, unless it's something illegal. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Or immoral. Right. Don't hold on to that. That's not a real friend won't do that because you're going to damage them and others. True. But the Bible says in verse 9 that that friend is going to, to encourage you. Man, what a blessing it is to see a brother and sister and, and, and a friend. But look in verse 17. The Bible says something else about him. You need some people that make you better. Yes. That's right. Verse 17 says, Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. You need somebody that's just as hard-headed as you are. To be your friend. Yes. Amen. Amen. You need somebody that, that really sharpens you a little bit. That knocks some of the edges off of you just a little bit. And you do the same for them. Right. It goes both ways. 
What a blessing it is. Three verses here in chapter number 27 about friends. One who is honest. If somebody is brutally honest, and when I say brutally honest, they don't enjoy being brutal. Because there are some people who do enjoy being brutal. But they, they hesitate, but they do it, and they're honest with you, and it cuts you. It says He wounds you. That's a cut. He's hurt you. But He did it to help you. What a blessing when somebody really, 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 really is downright honest with you about some things. You may not like it to begin with, but you'll think about it because you know that deep down in your heart that they care about you. True. Amen? If I know you care about me, I can more than likely take what you have to say, no matter how tough it is. But if I don't believe you care about me at all, I don't care how soft you say it, I don't think I can take it from you. So, make other people's lives better if you want to be a friend. All right, look at chapter 18, verse number 24, and we are right there to end, okay? Remember this. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You need to show yourself friendly. Choose your friends carefully. Be more of a giver than a taker. Be considerate and kind. Learn how to compromise. That's an ugly word among independent Baptists. Learn how to compromise. Never compromise your morals or your integrity. But you can compromise some of your preferences and your time in some areas. Don't have this Burger King mentality that everything has to be done your way for you to have friends. Jesus told His men, He said, you are my friends. Remember the twelve that He had? He said, you are my friends. If. All friendships should be conditional. How can two walk together except they agree? So if you have a friend, it doesn't mean that you're bonded with that person no matter what they do for the rest of your life. That is not true. Because sometimes they're the ones who break that and violate that because of the direction that they're going. They chose to leave you. You did not choose to leave them. They chose to walk away from you. All right? So, you won't have many, but the ones you have will be true if you learn this principle of moderation and not mess it up. Don't abuse it. Don't lock in on one person and spend all your time just with them and then, even then, you're not not been invited. Now, I personally would like for you to feel that you were welcome at any time to pull up in my driveway. I would like for you to believe that. But I wouldn't want you to do that every day. And that's the principle we're talking about. Okay? You say, well, I don't need any friends. Now, who says something like that? A fool? Who said that? A fool? A proud man. Because two are better than one. Book of Ecclesiastes, two are better than one. And if you fall, then there's there's a person there to help get you back up. Amen? So if you want 
to have some friends, understand the principle. Isn't it, do you understand the book of Proverbs about the wisdom of God? How many times verses refer to friendship and friends? Because friends are like an elevator. A friend will take you up or a friend will take you down. Depends on what kind of friends that you have. You can't choose a lot of things in life. That's good. You just can't. But you can choose your friends. You can choose that. And there won't be many. And just because you don't have many friends doesn't mean you can't be friendly to everybody else. Yeah. You're not, you go into a church and say, well, that church is not very friendly. I think our church is friendly. They, everybody in there is not going to be your friend. But everybody in there, I pray, will be friendly to you. Right. Amen? Amen? Because if we're going to be friends, there's just got to be some common things that we yeah. we kind of like to do together. Amen? Amen? So I pray you understand this. I hope it's been a help to you. Yes. But most of all, desire to be a friend of God that He could trust you with the truth. And trust you with some secrets. Be faithful to Him. Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank You for the Word of God. And Lord, we pray that we might work on this thing about the principle of moderation in all areas of our lives, but especially in our relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.